Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Great fun as we are finally whole once again. The entire hashtag crew is here and represented. Hembo is insufferable with the Eagles being as good as they were last night and being as good as they generally seem to be. Nuno is devastated. Bubba can't take it. And Dan Graziano has made his way in studio. Dan, I don't know how well you know our hashtag crew here, but Nuno is a crazy Giant fan. Mm -hmm. Bubba is a crazy Cowboy fan. Mm. Hembo is a crazy Eagles fan. Right. So the other two guys are not only devastated because the team that they hate most of any team in the NFL looks like it might be the best team in the NFC. Right. But also because Hembo is so happy about it and he is generally quite annoying when he's happy. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. My, my wife was on my case for getting the trivia right. She said he should have been a more gracious winner. That guy hasn't slept in weeks. It's true. And so I said, no, I'm not going easy on him. We've all been there. I have to respect the game and just up my game. I'm down there by a touchdown go. now. I'm down seven. Yeah. For those of you who, who do not watch Get Up, what you should know is that in the morning, Hembo supplies a, a really good trivia question. We call it Sneaky Hembo Time for Dan Graziano um, every day that Dan is on, which is usually at least twice a week. And Dan is better at answering trivia questions than anyone I've ever come across. Your, your ability... So I will. So today's question, with the Bills blowing out Tennessee last night, today's question was, which team in NFL history had the most double-digit wins in a single season, meaning one more, most, the most games by 10 or more points? I thought of the Belichick-Brady-Randy uh, Moss team, yeah. the 2007 oh, Patriots, who turned out to be second. Graziano actually named them and then said, wait a minute, I think there's one that was even better. Yeah, the 99 Rams, greatest show on turf. That, was, uh, that, that turned out to be the answer. But you're yeah. my nemesis. Like, did you know that? Did you deduce that I in the four-minute break? it out. Yeah, I mean, I figured, you know, I, I was talking about the, but you kind of go back, right? Like, I'm thinking, well, who else would it have been? And, and who was a team that just kind of came out and dominated? See, that's the thing. So I'm thinking about the Bills, right? And that Rams team was very interesting because um, – the, the quarterback got hurt. Who was the quarterback? Trent, Trent Green, Green was supposed to be the quarterback, yeah. and he got hurt in camp. Yep. And then Dick Vermeil is like, you know, he's always crying. Dick Vermeil, he comes out, and he's like, yeah, he's emotional. He said, we will, we will rally around Kurt Warner, and we will play good football. And everybody's like, who the heck is Kurt Warner? Yeah. Like, nobody's there. Yeah, so, and then all of a sudden, they, just bl- and they, they came out of the gate and blasted everybody and could not be stopped. Mike Martz ended up being a head coach as a result, which was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was um, – yeah, so that that was just one of those dominant. I, I sometimes I feel like, and sometimes this hurts me. Mm. I feel like I want to go past the first thought I have because it may be too obvious. So I thought those '07 Patriots were too obvious. You should know this. This is sweeping the nation. We somewhat regularly receive tweets from people yeah. that are betting on the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> like they're sitting with their friends actually making bets. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I kind of like it, but yeah, let's dive into what we saw last night and, and then we'll work our way towards some takes here that, that Hembo put together for us and, and we will both answer the questions, but let's start with this first. And what do we say about the bills? I, I, I mean, I, I said it on TV this morning, Dan, I, I don't have questions. That, that's the hard part about my job. What can I ask about them? The only thing was last night, like they, they, they sent a lot of defensive guys out of that game with injury and and fortunately the news is positive from what we can tell uh, especially on the the scary looking hit with dane jackson who got carted off in the ambulance um but you know by, by the way can i just interrupt i just got a note that said yeah. he's been released from the hospital right. so that 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 for those of you who saw it last night uh he was taken off in an ambulance very frightening moment i literally just moments ago yeah. i received a note from our desk that said he's been released from the hospital right yeah the bills put that statement out this morning so good news there so yeah you you, but even that like points up how good they are because 
the defense didn't miss a beat when guys started getting hurt. Like they're so deep at every level. Uh, and Tredavious White, their star corner, hasn't played yet. They expect him back at some point this season. Uh, I just think they're – look, I mean, they were, good, they were probably good enough to win the Super Bowl each of the last two years. They just couldn't beat the Chiefs. Uh, and, you know, if, they, if the coin flip goes a different way last year, then they probably do beat the Chiefs. If they stop them from scoring in 17 well, of course, seconds. Of course, of My course, of course. God, that's the worst loss ever. But, you know, Von Miller maybe is the key. Who knows? Maybe he would have stopped but they, them. They're right there on the edge. Of How it. about on the other side? Are the Eagles right now, in your mind, the team to beat in the NFC? I mean, if you base it on the first two weeks of the season, then yes, of course, they've looked the best of anyone. I still think Tampa Bay gets healthier and they're going to be scary because their defense looks great uh, already. And the offense will get healthier around Tom Brady and then they have Tom Brady. And I, and I do think there's something to the idea of Aaron Rodgers figuring this thing out with the receivers. And they already have a good running game. And they're going to get healthier on the line. And they already have a good defense. So, so I think those are two teams. And, of course, the Rams are Super Bowl champions uh, not to be overlooked. So there are some things in the Eagles' way right now the way it's going, the way the rosters all look, health-wise, et cetera, it looks like the Eagles, but there's a lot of season left. And, you know, Nuno said something to us that I did not know. Um, I wasn't uh, – I don't get to hear KJM every morning because I'm getting ready for our show. I know you were on with the guys yeah. this morning. So apparently Sal Pal was on there this morning, and how definitively did he say it, Nuno? T- tell Graziano – maybe you already know this, but I didn't know I it. T- tell – uh, Graziano, no one is more plugged into the Eagles, of course, than Sal. What did he say about Hertz standing there now? He said that Hertz settled the franchise QB debate, that it's no longer there, <laughs> that he has shown, besides his play, the leadership that everyone loves, uh, that he has, and so forth, that this is done. So, yeah. I mean, two games in. I, I, I think two weeks ago, my feeling was he's just keeping that seat warm for somebody else. N- not, not that I thought that. I think they thought that. Right. And well, now. I think, and, and to Sal's point, I think it's more than two weeks, right? It's a, it's a training camp. It's a preseason. It's having him in the building every day and seeing how he operates around everybody. All those things work in his favor. The Eagles, it was a second-round pick, right? They already thought they had their guy in Carson Wentz. Wentz flames out. They, they, or they go with Hurts last year. We'll see. We'll see how he does. Uh, they had some questions, yeah. He looked better last year than I think they expected him to. All right, well, we'll see how he does this offseason. We're going to give him a few things to work on. We're going to go get him A.J. Brown. You know, we're going to build around him. Let's see how he does. And he has come back and looks every bit like a guy who took everything to heart. All you have to improve and went and worked on it and and now looks like, you know, he, he just continues to ascend, which is what they were hoping. The Eagles were hoping that he would kind of prove the doubters in their organization wrong, right? Like he would end up developing and being better than than the people who, who maybe, you know, were a little down on him thought. And so far, it looks like he is. Hembo, how do the Eagle fans feel? You hear from them regularly. You do spots on the radio, et cetera. Are the Eagles fans, I, mean, I, I have to assume right now they're over the moon, but is this over as far as they're concerned? By and large, yes. But, but we're also, like you said, very eager to overreact to small sample sizes. We need to see what, the, what he can do over the course of a full season. We've not seen that yet. This is the 25th ranked pocket passer in the sport last year. He still has a long way to go over a long period of time. But if he can even approximate this kind of effort, this is a player making $1.6 million this season. (laughs) It's a team with a great general manager that's put a great roster around him. This year and next year are the last two years of his rookie contract. This is as good as you can possibly be. Think think the 2012, 2013 
uh, Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. That's sort of the ceiling for this Eagles team if Jalen Hurts can sort of thread the needle in that. Well, they made back-to-back Super Bowls and should have won both should of them. Uh, they won one of them and, and should have won the other. Can you stick around a couple extra minutes? Yeah, you got man. nowhere to go, right? Dan Garziano's with us. No life. Nothing. He's got this just in this afternoon, <laughs> so you're hanging around the building. So I'm going to save the takes coming up, and I also want to play this Justin Fields soundbite because a lot of my friends in Chicago are all bent oh, out of shape about boy. this, and, and so I want to play that for everybody. But I do want to get Dan's answer to the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. This one is not trivia. This oh, okay. this one is more an opinion because, you know, down is up in the AFC. The AFC is a complicated place. So if you go to my Twitter page right now, at ESPN Greenie, I post a question every single day. Today's question is, which of these winless AFC teams okay. is definitely still going to make the playoffs? The Bengals, the Colts, the Titans, or the Raiders? Those are four teams that I think people thought before the season were all playoff teams. You add them together, and they don't have a win. Bengals, Colts, Titans, Raiders, who are you putting your money on? you got to pick one. Like, I can't say I don't like any of them. Those are the four options. Right, right, right. Death is not an option. So, of those four, I'm going to say the the Bengals get it together. I think that offensive line, the the pieces they added, that you know, it takes a while for a line to gel together. Burrow missed a lot of training camp because of the appendicitis. They've come back in both of their games. They shouldn't have fallen behind as much as they did. But I think given the pedigree they established last year, that's the one I'd, I'd put my my chips on that is the most popular pick right now with 36 minutes left mm. in the voting at espn greenie on twitter let us know in the meantime i'm going to pause briefly on that thought we all know the game isn't over till it's over right so next time you need parts for your car don't call it quits go to ebay motors they have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime get the right parts at the right prices ebaymotors.com let's ride coming up next you will hear a young quarterback say something he shouldn't have said even though he didn't mean anything by it. And we will explain it. Plus, Greeny's takes on the way and a whole lot more. Stay with us. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The hashtag crew is together. Dan Graziano's in studio. What? He doesn't know this song. Dan, uh, Hambo, you do not know this song. I don't know this song. It's literally my favorite song. Maybe of if all they time. start singing. And by they, you would mean Tom Petty. You've right. never, you don't, do you know the name Tom Petty? Yeah, of course. Okay. And why do you know that name? Because he's a famous singer. What kind of song is If you sing? don't know this song, then what do you know about Tom Petty? He, he sings a song named Free Falling. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's, a, that's one is of his better ones. Is that a more ones. famous song than this? Yeah, I guess. No. I, I mean, I don't think so. I think of this song when I think of him. Yeah. This is. Oh, I've heard, no, this it's is called American Girl. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard the chorus of this song yes. before. Yes. Okay, well, that's a step in the in an elevator somewhere direction. No, I mean oh, Hembo's. What, what what I never realized, and I've known Hembo a decade. It's literally, Danny, my favorite song. Literally, the things he doesn't know yeah. in life. I know you were talking with him during the break. Oh, it's yesterday. Sad. He didn't know the difference between Barbara Streisand and Barbara Walters. It's weird though, because it's a, it's like a more current picture of Barbara Walters and an old picture of Barbara Streisand. It's very confusing. Now, I understand you would know the difference; like no, they're not the someone, same person. Someone sent us the the tweet afterwards. Like we, oh, had, we had the I whole see. conversation, and then they sent me. Oh, those you just two didn't people. know who the two people were. Correct, but Dan, every human being like, in mean, America knows the difference between Barbara Walters and Barbara Streisand. What's alarming is that he now has children, and yes. as you know, like you have to teach them literally everything. Like they 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 can do nothing. Like he's in charge of that now. As, as I pointed out yesterday, some consideration should be given to taking them away from him. <laughs> I, I think um, had you not named one of them after me, right. th- then, then, which is the greatest honor that you could possibly pay me, little Michelle and, and you know, the other one, um, I think that uh, otherwise I, I would be in favor. Lizzie is going to be a wonderful mother. Very. Uh, of you, I think there was nothing but question. Her competence may overcome it. A- anyway, let us – I, I want to play this. So last week – so let me, let me set two things up quickly to give context to what you're about to hear. So I worked in Chicago for a really long time. So I'm intimately aware of the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. Now, because the Packers have been so good for the last 30 years, and the Bears generally have not been during that time, I don't know that nationally people understand how much that rivalry continues to mean to the fans of those two teams. And I think to the players on those two teams. It goes back to Mike Ditka and Forrest Gregg and, and, and all of that. Ditka grew up in the Bears organization playing against the Lombardi Packers, uh, Nitschke and Butkus. And I mean, there's a history here. I'm saying a bunch of names that many people may not know. But when I tell you Bears-Packers is a rivalry that is absolutely the equal 
the, the professional yeah. equal of Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. And it still means that in those places. So Justin Fields walks into that from, you know, as the quarterback of the Bears. They go to Lambeau Field and they lose a game the other night. And he is asked a question. You're going to hear the question. It is important that you hear the question that he's asked. Because this is not Robert Sala. Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets, walked into a news conference last week with an agenda. Yes. He was going to call out the media, the fans, or whoever else it is that is doubting his team because he is keeping receipts. And so far, so good. You want to keep winning games, coach? You can have as many. I, I will give you all the receipts. I will keep receipts for you. I'll hand them to you. But whatever. He walked in, and he wanted to make a point. Justin Fields, as you will hear, is asked a question. His answer to it makes it sound like the fans don't care. And when taken completely out of context, I understand why some fans were put off by it, which is why it is imperative, and I made sure with Nuno, you are going to hear the question and the answer, and then you tell me if this kid said anything wrong. This was Justin Fields talking about the Packers. Just losing against this team, is it, does it sting more because of the rivalry and you know how much Bears fans want to win this game? Yeah. I mean... It, it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in. So um, just coming out with a disappointing loss like this, um, you know, it hurts. But, uh, you know, we just got to respond. And so the world goes nuts. I'm getting notes from all my Chicago friends. Uh, Greeny, he's, he says the Bears don't care. The fans don't care, blah, blah, blah. There is no more passionate. I can attest to this. There is no more f- passionate fan base than the Bears fans in Chicago. I know the Cubs just won the World Series, and I know Michael Jordan won six championships. That's a Bears town, first and foremost. So, Dan Graziano, did you hear, and you covered that game, right? Mm-hmm. You might have been there when he said that. I yeah, don't know. I was at Packers. Yeah, but, yeah. but do you have any issue with what he said? No, I understand what he's saying, but I, mean, I think what you said going to break is absolutely correct. Like, like he still shouldn't say it because there's no upside, right? Like, you, there's, if you, anything about the fans is negative. There's, there's just no way to win as the player in that situation. So I understand what he's saying. Like, we take it harder than the fans do. Like, even if the fans don't believe that, we the players, we the coaches, this weighs on us more than it does you. Uh, and that's a point worth remembering if you're a fan, but it's certainly not something a fan wants to hear or even needs to. That's it, correct. There's no point in... Justin Fields shouldn't have said what he said. Right. He shouldn't have said what he said for exactly the reason you just gave. Anything bad by There's it. no reason to point out that the fans don't actually have as much invested in this, at right. least in the, in the immediacy, as the players do. Uh, in, you know, in the long run, you're, whatever. Justin Fields might wind up playing for four different teams in the NFL, and the Bears fans are going to remain Bears fans. I don't know that. That's not the point. Right. He shouldn't have said it, but he did not mean it to come out the way it came out. Does any member of the hashtag crew, speak now or forever hold your peace, feel differently that you have an issue with what he said? Anybody? Mm-mm. Hembo? No. Nuno, you're good with it? Yeah, Nuno can usually find a problem with everything. <laughs> you have an issue with what Justin Fields said? Nope. Baba, you all right with it? Uh, I guess, yeah. Baba, who, who is the most hurt? Who, who is the most pained when the Cowboys lose a game? A, Jerry Jones. B, the players. C, you. Um, probably Jerry Jones. I think so, too. I think in this particular case, <laughs> it may be Jerry Jones. But So I think that, that's the lesson. And look, he's a young player and a young person, and there is a lesson yeah. to be found in this, which is there is no good answer to that question. 
The question is, our fans want what we want, which is us to win, and we're working hard in this locker room. If he just hadn't said that one part of it, the rest of the answer was fine, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, he said put in the work. Like, I mean, when you're around an NFL team, like, the work that goes – that's what – a loss is so, is so tough to take in the NFL. You put in the entire week of work. You dedicate every ounce you have to it. You come away with a loss. Like, that, that's what he's talking about, that, that kind of empty feeling that they have. And real quick, with that loss, you probably saw this note over the weekend since you covered the game, but the Packers moved one win behind the Bears on the all-time NFL wins yeah. list. The last team other than the Bears to have that lead was the Buffalo All-Americans in 1921. At some point this season, the Packers are likely to pass the Bears as the all-time winningest franchise for any team other than the Bears to have that distinction for the first time since 1921. That's quite remarkable. I mean, it that is. is 101 years that they've held that record. Uh, look, I mean, I, I remember, I'll tell you a story. The first time I ever went to Lambeau Field, the Bears are playing there. I'm covering the game. and It's an incredible place. I mean, Lambeau Field is really a wonderful place. You can smell the brats when you get off the highway, right? You get off the highway and you can smell the tailgate and everything else. And this was exactly what you wanted it to be. The Bears were playing there late in the year. So it was cold. It was exactly what you envision Lambeau Field being. And the Bears lost a tough game. And this was before Favre. This is when I was covering the Bears. So this is the 90s. So this was a time when the Bears were still better generally than the Packers. So they lost a game that they, I don't remember the details of it, but they were disappointed to lose. It it was a game they probably thought they should have won. Steve McMichael, God bless him. We all know the health uh, problems that he's going through right now. But Steve McMichael, who was sort of the heart and soul of that team, all his reporters go in there. He sat on a bench. In that little locker room. It's like a high school locker room. Oh, it's bad. And he is sitting on that bench in full uniform. Did not take off anything but his helmet. Pads, everything. All the other players have showered. They've all, you know, everyone who we wanted to talk to, we have spoken to. And McMichael is just sitting there looking like he is going to kill somebody. And we're all afraid to go anywhere near him. And he just sat there for like a half an hour after that game was over, without moving, without taking off any part of his uniform. That's how much that game meant to him as a guy who had played on that team at that point for probably 12 to 15 years. So the fans feel that way. There is an investment in this. The young player will learn from this. But I, am, I believe my message to Bears fans should be, this is no harm, no foul. Let's no, not turn this into a big deal. Too much to like about Justin Fields to let that mess you up. They're going to have a hard time this year. But uh, they, should be, they should be excited about it. Uh, let me ask you quickly. I'm not, I don't know why not, they won't let him throw the ball. We're not going to have time for the Greenies take, so we yeah. just, we'll do it another time. But, but let me ask you, because you spent the week getting ready for that game. Yeah. What kinds of things that was coming off the win against San Francisco, yeah. et cetera, what kinds of things are you, did you hear from the people you talked to about Fields and his development? I talked to Luke Getze, who's their offensive coordinator. Right. This guy was with the Green Bay Packers the last three years as their quarterback's coach. Right. So he talked about Justin Fields, and he said – we talked on the phone on Saturday. I was getting ready to leave for the game. He said, um, you know, his, his, commitment to getting, to, his, his commitment to getting better, to being as good as he can be, his, the consistency of his daily preparation. He said, sometimes I have to uh, tame myself and remind myself that I'm dealing with a 23-year-old because his demeanor and his professionalism make you forget that. Now, this is a guy who literally was Aaron Rodgers' position coach for the mm-hmm. last three years. Like, so his, his standards for that are, are, are pretty high. The Bears coaching staff did not, was not there when Justin Fields was drafted. This GM was not there. They speak glowingly of him, and, and they believe that they have the right guy to lead them once they get the team assembled around him. Again, at some point, I think they're going to have to let him throw the ball. Like, that, that was hard to watch the other night. They mm-hmm. looked like they were, I, mean, they, they, I don't remember a less ambitious 
offensive game plan uh, than what the Bears put out there the other night. But the way he goes, the way he goes about his business, the way he is in the building with teammates, with coaches, has impressed everyone there. This, this was, for better or for worse, a vastly different situation than the Robert Sala situation of last week. Danny, thank you for this. Always My appreciate pleasure. it. We'll see you later in the week. Hembos and the crew are sticking around because history could be made tonight. We might see something very, very few people have ever had the chance to see before. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. I will explain in just a couple of minutes when the rest of the country joins our conversation what it is that we might see tonight that very, very few people have ever seen before. That's coming up in just a few minutes. And if I must say so myself, it's pretty good Greeny tease. Oh, yeah. Right there, right? Well, when Graziano left the <clears> studio, he, like, whispered over me, like, what, what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got him. Yeah. So I, I imagine and he's got not most... easy to get. No, no, as I well know. The greenie tease. It's a verb now. Um, and, uh, and so we will see. So I got that coming up for you in a minute, and it will not let you down. This is one where the payoff will absolutely equal the previous part of it. Meantime, going back to the Brady thing of it earlier, it reminds me of something that happened, Hembo, before you started jumping on the show here. And that is the technology part of this and my lack of knowledge of it. Bear in mind, there was a moment in time when my daughter was maybe five or six years old. And we had at that time, you know, a, a computer in the house, like a desktop, like, you know, uh, the kind of computer you used to have 15 years ago. And I was frustrated And she walked in the door and she said, Dad, what's going on? And I said, well, the little circle keeps going around and around and around like this. And she said, you mean it's loading? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I guess that's what I mean. Uh, How old was she then again? She was maybe five or six. I mean, she was very young. And uh, I was not. And um, the other thing that happened, though, Nuno and Bubba will remember this that I was trying to type the word test into an email. I opened up an email. I was having trouble getting emails, and I wanted to see if it was working. So I decided I'm going to send myself an email and see if it works. 
So I typed in the word test, T-E-S-T, test, and it changed the word. Do you remember what it changed the word to? It, it, it started, it, come, it came back a different word, um, and it was like a word I would never use. Wasn't it? Um, uh, a yeet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeet. right. It was the yep. word yeet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that spelled? Y-E-E-T. That was So great. I'm typing in test, and it keeps autocorrecting to yeet. And I thought to myself, I have to use the word test more regularly than I use the word <laughs> yeet. So why is this autocorrecting to yeet? And the only reasonable answer, while neither of them will admit it, is that one or both of my children pulled a fast one on me. I guess you can program a phone to do that. And I think that's what happened. We continue in 15 seconds. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So as the rest of the country joins us, in just a moment I will tell you how it is that history could be made tonight. But why is everyone in the room laughing at the way I say this? So, so for those of you, again, the different parts of the country hear different parts of the conversation. I just retold the story because Hembo wasn't here when it happened. I told it like in the first week that we were doing the radio show back that I had a situation where I, I was not getting email into my phone. I was concerned. And so I decided I was going to send myself an email so I could see if it was working. And I typed in the word test, T-E-S-T, into the subject, and it autocorrected it to yeet. Now, so I just told that story. I've told it before. Why is it when I say that word, everyone in the room laughs? Brandon is laughing. Joe Spivak from Northwestern is laughing. Hembo is laughing. What is funny about, is it just funny to hear me say yeet? Like, what, what, what's funny about it? It's, it's, Am I a clown to you? It's, I, no, no, no. But do I amuse you? It doesn't. It What's doesn't. Funny about it doesn't it? fit your vibe. It doesn't. It doesn't match anything that is in your vernacular regularly. But You're that's the point. Too formal of the story is that it is yeet. So what are the chances that I have typed the word yeet so many times that my phone is going to autocorrect test to yeet? It very unlike. Why is that funny? I think there's a chance that. Your phone is recognizing that word coming in on text or emails, but no, who in your family? No uses one that emails word? me yeet. No one. There's no one who says, "Hey, Greeny, I yeeted it out of the." I, mean, I don't even what? know what that is. I, 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 well, yeah, be, that's, be, be careful. Do you know what yeet means? Yeet is. Uh, I, I I once saw on a uh, thing like uh, uh, when I said this, someone said that yeet can actually be used in that way. That like, oh, I didn't like this, so I yeeted it out the window. Like that's also a way that works. Why it's funny? To Why is everyone laughing? You violently me? throw an object that you deem to be worthless, inferior, or just plain garbage. Well, there you have it. It's yeet test test. That's what I mean. You you've changed it to test. So, so now, every, what I'm trying to express is my frustration at the fact that everyone is laughing at the way I say the word. Or just the mere fact that I'm saying it when I don't find it all that funny. Okay, we were going to, let's just stop that. Um, I want to pay this off. I told you that tonight, history could be made. Something could happen that very, very few people have ever had the chance to see. Let's tell you exactly what that is right now. Here's the scoop. The scoop. 1961 is 61 years ago. We are just laughing about how old I am, that I'm 55, and I, it's funny that I say the word yeet. I'm not old enough to have seen what happened in 1961. 
you got to be relatively old to remember 1961. 1961 is the last time a baseball player hit a 60th home run in a season without an extraordinary cloud of steroid suspicion hanging over his head. Now, that isn't fully true because we weren't really talking about that when McGuire and Sosa got there. We were a little more when Bonds got there. We All we do is talk about that now. But for the purposes of the conceit, Aaron Judge playing at home here in New York City at Yankee Stadium tonight with a pretty hefty get-in price is what I'm told, could hit his 60th home run, something that A, only two American League players have ever done before, and their names are Babe Ruth and Roger Maris. They are among the most famous and significant names in the history of the sport. And it is, in its own way, going to be one of the genuinely monumental accomplishments in the history of the sport. Because how, how many years have they actually been playing baseball? Since 1871. So that's 151 years. Mm-hmm. 151 years of professional baseball in this country. If you take out four of them, if you take out 1998, 99, 2000, and 2001, then the entire list of players that have ever hit 60 home runs in a season are Roger Maris and Babe Ruth. That's it. Aaron Judge could do it tonight. And there's something magical about happening in baseball. Hembo made this point to me earlier. When Steph Curry was going to break the three-point record at the Garden the night that he did it, it was fabulous. Everything about it was great. But you knew it was coming. With Judge, it could happen tonight. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen next week. You never know when it might happen. So there is something really special about this, and no one appreciates that more than you do. I would love to be in Yankee Stadium tonight. The dates were September 30th, 1927, and September 26th, 1961. Those are the dates that Babe Ruth and Roger Maris hit their 60th home runs. And tonight at the stadium, by the way, both of them hit that home run at Yankee Stadium. There would be something beautiful about it happening, obviously, at the stadium. I think he's likely to do it. The Pirates, who they play tonight and tomorrow, stink. All right, so long as they give him anything to hit, he's got a real chance to do it. But it really is an extraordinary thing. And the way that you framed it, I think, is right. Because those four years, I'm not excluding from the record book. They happened. We marveled when they did. But history will remember those four, home run, uh, four seasons very differently than these three that you just described. And the fact that Judge is doing it so much faster than Ruth or Maris is really what's extraordinary to me. Well, that's another piece of this. So let's read for you the list of baseball players who have hit more home runs in the first 154 games of a season than Aaron Judge has so far. There are none. Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run in what game? In game number 154. 154, the final day of the season. Maris, I know, hit his 61st home run the end of the year. When, when did he hit 60? Uh, 159. One, one, on, 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 in game 159. Mm-hmm. Tonight is what game for the Yankees? 147. 147. In an era where it is harder to hit home runs. Now, look, when Ruth was playing, nobody hit home runs. So it's it, it sort of, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is greater than Ruth. It's lesser than Ruth. What I'm going to tell you is that if we're having a legitimate conversation about whether or not it's greater than babe freaking Ruth, then you know something really special is going on. So I don't think I'm going to the game tonight. But now that we had this conversation, I think I might. Because I think this is something that you'd like to be there to see, like to be able to say, I was there to see this happen. 
And you asked me a good question this morning, Hembo. What is the most memorable thing you ever saw happen? And I, I can give you a few options. You guys tell me which one, because I've been privileged having covered sports now <coughs> for a living since 1991. I've been in the building for a lot of pretty memorable things. The first one that jumps to mind, I was in the building the night Michael Jordan hit six threes in the first half of an NBA Finals game and shrugged at Magic Johnson as he ran up the court. It was one. It's, that shrug is one of Michael's most legendary moments. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to describe it. You either know the shrug or you don't, and I assume that you do. I don't think that's on the level with hitting a 60th home run. It's a pretty great night <coughs> to be there. I was with Michael for so many things. I was there the night he scored 55 points in the Garden when he came back in 95. That was an incredible night. I was there for a lot of those Nick Bull games that were really memorable, the Charles Smith game, some of the others. I'll tell you another one I was in, which is a, a low light. I was in the building in the old Chicago Stadium when Tony Co- uh, when um, Scottie Pippen refused to go into the final seconds of a playoff game against the Knicks because they called a play for Tony Kukoc. And Kukoc wound up throwing in a three, and you know the history of it already. But I was there when that happened. That was the opposite of an all-time great moment in sports. It's one of the worst moments. I've never been in the building for a no-hitter. I want to be so badly. I was there once at Wrigley Field. I've told you this story before. A pitcher named Jose Guzman had a no-hitter with two outs in the ninth inning, and it got broken up on a single by Otis Nixon with two outs in the ninth in an early April game. I think it was like the second or third game of the year that season. So I was there for that. I never, I've never gotten to see a no-hitter. I mean, I've been in the ballpark for World Series, for Super Bowls, for NBA Finals, more than I can count. I was there this year when Steph won his fourth, and it was, you know, obviously a memorable moment. But I'm not sure any of that compares to being in the building when a guy hits a 60th home run of a season. Nuno, what do you think? Does I like it, but I think that it probably needs to be 62, right? Like, hmm. I think that moment probably is greater than 60. But he's got to get there. I mean, Correct. he's got to hit 60 and 61 before he can hit 62. And I think there is something about the numbers. See, this is what these steroid guys screwed up. Like... 60 means something. I'm old enough to remember when 60 was everything. And that's why they screwed up. And that's why we got to find a way to get those numbers back in the record book. Again, put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Put Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame. Put Sammy Sosa in the Hall of Fame. What they did happened. We can't pretend they didn't happen. But we got to get these numbers back. These numbers should mean something. And it would make more people interested in baseball if they did. So, yes, 62 will be meaningful. You know what won't? 74. Mm. Because we will all die and no one will have hit 74 home runs in a season. Unless they extend the season to 230 games, there's no way in the world anyone will ever hit 74 home runs. Just like they said no one was ever going to hit 62. So, yes, what you're saying is not wrong, Nuno. You want to be there when he hits 62 and 61. 61 will be passing Ruth. But hitting 60, what was the story you told yesterday about what, what Ruth said about no son of a bee has ever done this? So after Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run in the 1927 season, on the last game of the season, he said, let's see some son of a bleep match that. Babe Ruth, in 154 games, hit 60 home runs. He is a singular figure, an incomparable figure. And even he, at the time, 
recognized the absurdity of that number, the absurdity of that accomplishment. And in some sense, like we told you yesterday, because the schedule expanded uh, long before uh, or before Maris did so in 61, because the guys between 98 and 01 just cheated. Aaron Judge is that SOB. It took 95 years, but baseball is a game of magical numbers. None is more magical than 60 and 61. Fundamentally, no one cares about 66 or 70 or 73. 60 and 61 are the numbers that matter. And tonight at the stadium, we might see it. I think that is an extraordinary thing for any baseball fan. That's right. And, and, and Ruth is the only one to do it in 154 games, which is why Maris got an asterisk next to him. And I don't, we don't need to go through that again. But, I mean, th- this is special. And the fact that it is somewhat buried beneath all the other sports news of the moment is, at minimum, telling. I'm not sure what other word to use to describe it. It is certainly telling. Because in my youth, this, this would have been, I mean, like, you know, ABC would have broken into this. Like, ESPN's going to break into his at-bats. But, like, ABC News would have broken into this, right? I mean, you would have had, you know who you would have had? Barbara Walters <laughs> would have been sitting at a desk. <laughs> uh, or Peter Jennings or someone like that would have been sitting there saying, we take you now live to the Bronx, New York. Howard Cosell would have been sitting there. We take you live to the Bronx, New York, where tonight Aaron Judge could make history, becoming only the third legitimate player ever to hit 60 home runs in a single baseball season. In fact, even the Bambino himself never did it in fewer than 154. This is only game 149, or whatever it is, for Aaron Judge. This is history. This is something the world has never seen before. It is a night that the entire sporting universe will remember until the end of time. We take you live now to Aaron Judge at the plate. Ball one. Strike one. There it goes. And then Howard would lose his mind, and that would be epic, and it would be awesome. And that's what it should be now. And let's hope that it is. What do you think, Nunes? I mean, I like it, but here's also, and I think MLB. If you're gonna, if you're gonna poo-poo this well, thing here's right the now, after part. I just did here's three the, minutes of Howard Cosell, here's the poo-poo part. <clears throat> it needs to happen like today, tomorrow, uh, or Saturday, because Friday night's games on Apple TV, like. And like I want, I want to hear Michael K's call. I that like as a Yankee fan, like I want to be able to see it. And like that's my concern that like you know Thursday night's a national game on Fox. Saturday, a uh, Friday is an Apple TV game. Like that's my only like right. hope that it doesn't. This is happen. what you're worried about. I do. I worry mean, about yes, that. I get it. He's I, right. I'm... Nuno's right. Go ahead. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. How many times have you heard Milo Hamilton say that? That's gonna matter. This is going to live forever. This is the first thing that plays on his Hall of Fame reel. This is one of the most significant moments in the history of baseball. They've got to get that right. And literally no one will be watching it if it's Friday. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's not nice and it's not fair. And it's definitely not the most important part of the story. I will say this. If he hits it, whoever's calling the game, do it in Howard's voice. <laughs> It'll sound big. And with that, we say thank you for listening once again today. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.